0: SonicWall 2023 Cyber Threat Report claims that IoT malware globally was up 37%, resulting in 77.9 million attacks compared to the 57 million attacks during the same period in 2022. The IoT malware attack volumes in Asia rose to 23 million up. 130%. In a separate report, the Nokia 2023 Threat Intelligence Report claims that 60% of cyber attacks against telecom mobile networks are linked to IoT bots scanning for vulnerable hosts for use in distributed denial of service attacks. Now, Steve Sherman, Regional Vice President for ASEAN at Palo Alto Networks, joins us today to help us better understand how organizations can better mitigate against these escalating IoT and OT cyber risk. Steve, welcome to Podchats for Future IoT.
1: Thank you, Alan, for the warm welcome. And in the introduction, you've set the scene and staged beautifully.
0: I aim to please, that's what <laughs> they said. Anyway, sorry. many say that humans are the weakest link. I'd argue, though, that these days with IoT devices and sensors all over the place, that should really stir up the business perimeter. They're not really being quiet these days. And many of the critical infrastructure attacks could be attributed to OT and IoT weaknesses or vulnerabilities. From your perspective, what is the impact of unmonitored and unsecured IoT devices and sensors on a system's cybersecurity posture? And why is it one of the biggest cybersecurity challenges across ASEAN today?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, in your introduction, you touched on a whole range of statistics. So, I mean, I think it's fairly evident. It doesn't matter which study you refer to. There is an increased escalation of these types of attacks on IoT and OT devices. So, in terms of our cybersecurity uh, ASEAN 2023 data, similar type of statistics. 60% of ASEAN organizations also view increased security risks arising from IoT. So, consistent theme, consistently high numbers, And also then Unit 42 IoT Threat Report, 57% of IoT devices are also vulnerable to medium to high severity attacks. So again, same kind of narrative and vernacular alarming type of details. Now, to your question, why, firstly, IoT and OT is increasing or expanding the attack surface. And what do we mean by that? Typically, bad actors will go to online banking. It might go to a PC. It might go to your smart devices. These are new endpoints, OT or IoT devices that are now being connected to the network. So it's a new attack surface that's typically, unfortunately, unsecured. So if it's unsecured, easy pickings, low hanging fruit. That's one of the reasons it's being targeted. And these devices historically have not been under the security business unit or security VP or IT director etc. So these this is a new responsibility as it pertains to security. These devices also typically they've been sold and shipped out to these organizations and from the point they were sold until now, they may not have had a firmware update, they may not have had a configuration update, they may not have had a patch update because they've been sitting out there in the field isolated. There's been no need to update them. So suddenly they're connected to the network and they'll have incorrect settings, incorrect configurations and hence they're vulnerable. The most alarming part obviously is some of these devices have our personal data on it. And this is the reason hackers are going for these devices because you can collect devices. IoT devices, as an example, the medical professional hospitals, there are a lot of medical devices that are now connected to a network. And as you can imagine, a hospital has a lot of information, it has my name, it has your name, Alan, it has our historic medical history, etc. So this is why this is all being um, targeted. So it's quite frightening, to be quite honest.
0: Given all the statistics that we've heard so far, why do the majority of ASEAN organizations see value in having a common theme that looks after both IT and OT infrastructure systems? And is this a good or bad
1: thing? Oh, this is a great question. It's actually a really, really good thing because one of the things that we see across ASEAN, in fact, globally, Organizations have many different uh, devices. You know, they have things at the typical endpoints, so you know your PC or your smartphone. It also now has moved applications to the cloud. It also has, you know, um, things that are on prem versus hybrid cloud. What we've seen over the last two three years is mass fragmentation. Organizations will have many types of devices, and unfortunately, they have different configurations, different standards, different compliance, etc. And because this lack of consistency hackers are able to find a weakness by bringing IoT and OT into the same foundational responsibility of the IT department or the security department you can drive consistency standardization and compliance and which is critical if you have standards i mean it's much harder for a hacker to break in so the problem now is it's fragmented and no one owns it i think it's a great thing but there's going to be some learning as it pertains to get to this level of excellence Um, And what our role is here is, and likewise for yourself, Alan, is to educate the market of the importance to hit this level of standardization. And my role in my company to help companies achieve that standardization.
0: Now, what factors are driving organizations to focus on securing IoT and OT in their current and hopefully future cybersecurity strategies?
1: There's various levels here. So at the nation state, of course, it's critical infrastructure. So imagine airports. Uh, You mentioned telcos, Alan. You know, all these type of national infrastructure that support the citizens, in this case, say the Philippines or or Malaysia or Singapore or Thailand, critical infrastructure is important that we secure it because hackers will try to bring down an airport. Imagine how catastrophic that would be in terms of disruption, but more so in terms of safety. That's important as as it relates to critical uh, infrastructure. Likewise, supply chain. A lot of organizations now it's just not their own system alone. It's connected to third party systems. It's related to, you know, products that is part of the supply chain of the product that they're producing. So if you're able to bring down the supply chain, it has an impact on delivery of goods and services. So also disruptive and it impacts every person. So, you know, there are two kinds of examples and legacy systems. um, That's the other thing. People are really worried about legacy systems, systems that have not been managed up until now, systems that have not been visible, you know. So the first thing in terms of security is, do you actually see everything in your environment? And I was in a meeting like this yesterday. I asked a, a customer of ours, do you know where all your OT devices are and how many do you have? He looked at me and it was a very uncomfortable question. He couldn't answer the question. Because he doesn't know. So that's frightening. So legacy systems, knowing where they are, is the first step in terms of securing them. If you don't know where they are, how do you secure them? It sounds very simplistic, but you have to be able to see and touch something in order to secure it. And unfortunately, if you don't know where it is, imagine how do you secure it?
0: We talk about 5G because one of the promises of 5G is also is able to connect a lot more devices out there. (laughs) What sort of uh, specific cybersecurity concerns would these 5G-connected IoT devices present to an organization? And how should an organization who says, we love connectivity, we want all the latest and greatest, and we want to be able to understand everything that the customer wants. So we're going to connect all the devices out there that we can. As an organization, what do we need to do to address these?
1: Yeah. So before you get to the vulnerabilities, and here's the balancing act, Alan, uh, 5G offers this incredible opportunity for organizations to deliver services at a far greater scale than ever seen before. So on the manufacturing line, real-time decision-making in hospitals, 5G is an example. Doctors will be able to dial in on an emergency and provide guidance as it may relate to an operation. They may even be able to get involved in an operation. So you know. So some of the use cases I truly life-changing in terms of, you know, uh, citizens, uh, individuals, etc. But here's the challenge. Because of the speed, data is being moved and sh- uh, shared faster than ever. So if there is a compromise within seconds, that data could have moved one, two, three, ten 10 different locations and been spliced and diced and it's lost. So that's the concern. So the concerns, you know, 5G, the speed and the amount of data that's been collected and connected, and which could be compromised, obviously is a concern. So that's one particular area. also, you know, we talked about critical infrastructure before. If everything's connected through our 5G, imagine if a hacker or a rogue nation could enter the critical infrastructure and bring it down. It could stop trains. It could stop an airport. Some people often don't think of this as a threat. What happens if you could bring down the stock market? I mean, it would have massive impacts on stock pricing and valuations of companies. So these are the concerns because of the amount of data that's vulnerable, you can really do harmful things. But, you know, I always say this, Alan, the fear should not be an impediment to reap the reward that 5G delivers. So our role here, and I'm again including yourself, Alan, is to educate and inform people of the benefits. And if we mitigate accordingly, we prepare accordingly, we have the training and support from the experts, we can deliver the benefits without compromising ourselves as individuals or companies. And that's key. At the very beginning of the introduction, you referred to the risk around people and and robot automation, etc. So so forth, that's true. But used in the right way, it could be incredibly uh, beneficial to everyone. Uh, And it could be a wonderful, uh, life-changing moment in the history of us uh, in our world. Done in the right way. Done in the right
0: way. Okay. So speaking of which, what steps should organizations then take to mitigate cybersecurity risk related to operational technology and IoT? And more importantly, who should get involved? (laughs)
1: So look, the first thing is once OT and IoT devices are brought into the security realm or the business unit organization, immediately there's an opportunity to provide standards. So then you talk about, you know, consistent governance, you talk about, you know, training across the team, you now are responsible for the OT, IoT devices, what does that mean? Policies and procedures, you know, very clear policies. So everyone follows a particular policy and standard. You talk about awareness, uh, which is critical, you know, the ongoing training of awareness. And then you have... A risk mitigation framework around the device. You know, if something does happen, and something will happen, what's your risk mitigation? You know, your tracking capability. I talk about the visibility because more and more devices will be connected. How will you maintain that visibility and tracking? And when, not if, when an incident happens, how will you respond? Uh, And then recovery. And we often use this term in cyber; it's called resilience. In the event of an attack, how do you respond? How do you quarantine? And how do you bring? Things back up because when an attack happens, you have to respond quickly and you have to bring services back online. So, resilience is critical as part of this whole framework and governance. I've seen instances, you know, when there's an attack, there might be a response team in place, but they don't have a, a plan to, to bring the system back online and it can track for days, which is concerning. So, you imagine, you know, if an ATM network is down, you know, for example, in the Philippines, many people go to an ATM on a daily basis to withdraw cra- cash. It really is a day to day economy. If the ATM network is down, for two days or three days, the impact to ordinary citizens is significant. So from a resilience standpoint, you want the ATM system up immediately because it impacts thousands of people, if not millions. You need to answer the
0: last question, who should get involved here?
1: Yeah, who should get involved? So yeah, sorry, I missed that one. So who should get involved? So it's, you know, the obviously, the IT department, the stakeholders around, you know, who is responsible for the OT devices, you know, it would be the compliance risk team, it would be the users themselves, because they need to understand, you know, what's proper and correct behavior, how to use these OT devices, how they should connect, what's the right practice, etc. You know, Um, so there's a whole bunch of stakeholders, it can't be just the IT department doing this themselves. So it's the users, it's the IT department's security, it's the ongoing tracking and maintenance. So there's multiple stakeholders this is the thing security is everyone's responsibility everyone um the mindset oh you know we have a security department they deal with this um that's somewhat dangerous because all of us we talk often about this in Palo alter networks is to have a zero trust mindset all of us are responsible if we see something unusual to have the mindset it could be a threat it could be a potential uh someone trying to break into our network all of us need to be diligent uh so that so everyone ultimately needs to be aware of the threat of ot and and they're a stakeholder. Everyone is.
0: Now we're coming in towards the end of 2023. Finally, we're going to move into 2024. Unfortunately, it means more devices, more sensors will get added to the enterprise. Yep. It's just the nature of things. We love complexity. What can I say? What is your advice for, okay, you're three groups of people? Operations. Then, of yes. course, there's IT. And then, finally, leadership to better improve the overall organizational security posture of the company.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So on the operational side, and um, what we've seen is across the region, there's a skills short form. So it's very hard to find people. So in order to take the pressure off them, automation is critical. You know, I'm really excited. The organization I work for, Palo Alto Networks, a lot of what we do relates to automation. So automating operations is critical because it gives you consistency in terms of compliance, policy and standardization. It takes the pressure of operations to focus on more important things. So that's operation. IT, it's what's really important for IT is to start looking at how do we rationalize and consolidate our security stack? Because over the last two, three years, many organizations, because of COVID, bought and spent and deployed many different products. That leads to fragmentation, lack of consistency, and you have problems administering security. So I would say for IT, it is now the time to look at how do we consolidate and rationalize and simplify how we do security. And for leadership, it's really important that leadership includes in the boardroom discussion around it is important but more so security it has to be a boardroom discussion up until recently a year ago or even a year and a half ago it would be secondary you know if there was an it project we talk about it but every board and every leader needs to be talking about cybersecurity now because every organization could potentially be hacked what is your company's security strategy how are you investing in security how are you using security to deliver your services without being compromised you know and how are you planning your business going forward with security as part of that framework. So that's for leadership, IT, and operations. And they're they're the three key areas um, which are important to be successful to, you know, deliver the the benefits of digitization, I guess.
0: Steve, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future IoT.
1: Thank you for that. I hope that was uh, helpful and informative.
0: That was Steve Sherman, Regional Vice President for ASEAN at Palo Alto Networks, on the topic of mitigating against escalating OT-IoT cyber risk. You are listening to Podchats for Future IoT. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future IoT. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future IoT. Bye for now.